Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. I honestly don't know what's going on. Normally, I pour a drink and then I drink it and the process is over. But apparently, there can be a bit more to it. In Japan, they take it very seriously. They have a long history of tea masters, uh, which is not like brewmasters. We're going to go through, we're not going to go through any ceremony here, but we will have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Still no Casey Price, but he's coming back. He is coming back. We've Casey been told. is coming. Uh, babies are a lot of work, it turns out. I was going to say, it's the words of House Price. Casey is coming. Uh, well done. Uh, you know, Brittany, I look up and I realized I almost wore the same shirt today. Ah, my, uh, my get set go. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I I literally just about grabbed it and I was like, no, you know what? Let's let's go with something different. Well, uh, mine has spit up on it now, so there's that. <laughs> she she finally got to be that mom out in public uh with the baby strapped to her chest and spit up on her pants and shirt. Mm-hmm. It's great. Then she Look, ate a hot dog that was busting with mustard uh, and onions, and it all almost like dripped out onto his head. Nothing got on him, and he's making a big deal about it. The mustard was all over me, not the baby. The, the baby would have wanted the mustard. Maybe. He woke up as a big blob dripped off of her face and hit his leg, and he's looking up at her like yellow smeared face in horror. He did not. As though she had just eaten a Simpson. <laughs> so that's what happened to Maggie. <laughs> uh, Honestly. All right. Bob, what have you been up to? Uh, not a lot. It's been a hectic work week, and I, uh, the most accomplishing thing I had done this week was do some uh, cleaning in my apartment. And by that, I mean... I emptied out five trash bags of clothes out. Nice. Uh, I had shirts in there from high school. <laughs> happens. Like, happens. High school was not recent. No, uh, yeah. it was not. It didn't fail a whole lot, so that wasn't... Uh... <laughs> but, no, it... I also realized that I was old when the next morning, after taking five bags of clothes down the stairs, put them in the trunk of the car and in the back seat of the car, and then driving to Goodwill and unloading it, driving back. The next day, my back was killing me. Mm. And I went, I've become old, haven't I? This shouldn't have done this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good sign you're old. 
It's not just, oh my god, my back has been destroyed lately. I mean, granted, I gave birth and... <laughs> and like yeah i don't i don't have that excuse those excuses only go so far oh <laughs> once once the bills are paid off those excuses are done well guess what then <laughs> uh he's gonna be lording this over you for the next 37 years <laughs> no the bills aren't that much <laughs> it's funnier my way yeah but no my back has really been killing me like to the point that i've got to ask the doctor about it at our physical next month and i'm just like oh my god i think it's just posture problems but no there's like a specific spot that hurts and i'm just worried (laughs) anyway we're all old is the moral of the story you know what's going to help all this the fact that we have to move twice in the next month (laughs) just gonna moving into a larger place so you have room for me to sleep right yes (laughs) the the, uh, an extra bed well not extra but a new bedroom and uh for uh for the babe (laughs) He get, he's getting his own Aww, room. Thank you. Out. Oh, the baby. <laughs> yes. Emmett. That, yeah. He perceivably will sleep in. He He's not really wanting to stay asleep currently. Yeah, he's been against sleep. I don't understand it, really. Oh, uh, we discovered it's called, what, the... Oh, fourth, four-month sleep regression. Yes. That's a real thing. Mm. He's five months I old today. Being, I, oh, but, uh, but because he's developmentally like six weeks behind, so he should be hitting his four-month sleep regression right about now so that's fun um but yeah we uh we got to move out here we are moving to a slightly bigger place um we wanted to buy something but we decided it's probably going to be better to wait and and get get better prepared for it get the bedroom count we want yeah so we we are everything over here is kind of expensive but we're getting something with an extra bedroom and laundry in unit because we are doing so much laundry now <laughs> and it's uh, also you shouldn't have gone with the cloth diapers it's just no, no. it's not even that i God's wish that was no. the case <laughs> so but the place it's just like he poops and like pees or spits up on everything as soon as you change him <laughs> he's just like bleh <laughs> he's like oh thanks for shaking me up i, I had something caught here bleh. there it is <laughs> But no, where we're moving is an old uh, high school built in, I think, 1901. Yeah, it's a really cool building. I was really hoping you were going to say it was an old fire department and it comes complete with a pole. No, that would be dangerous. This whole place should be considered a demilitarized zone. Have you guys seen this pole? (laughs) We We should sleep here tonight. But the place looks uh, great. 12-foot ceilings and... uh, uh, a few more square feet than we already have. And no carpet. I hate carpet. You know, I used to... My mom was so excited to get hardwood floor. And it's fine. However, after a long day, my feet feel real good stepping into carpet. Fists with your toes. Fists with your toes. Uh, yeah, but I I like to... My feet feel better when I, like, can take my socks off, and then it's like you got the cold hardwood well, there's floor. Well, still, there's still carpet in the bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. Everything else but is every, Like, I, I like not having carpet in the living room. It does make cleaning easier. Just Swiffer that bad yes. boy. Or especially, get, like, a Roomba. You know? Especially since we're going to have, you know, an infant and then a toddler in there, and it's be like, you know what? Just go ahead and run around without the diaper. Just pee everywhere. We'll just... <laughs> Go, yeah, you want to take a crap right there? Go ahead, squat down, let her fly, and just come through with the Swiffer. Yeah, it's the stain thing that I hate about the tar- the carpet more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, well, well, now that we've OB- yeah, so now that we've dealt with uh, our our own aging 
into uh now that we're depressed uh, from talking about how much of adults we are let's bring the mood up about <laughs> how much we're winning the movie draft hmm. welcome to your movie draft minute presented by diamondclub.tv for the week of april 1st 2019 i'm your host big voice jay Feeling pretty proud of myself. The puzzle I bought said three to five years, but I finished it in ten months. Suck it, puzzle! Let's go to the scoreboard! <laughs> Teen Zirtual Misery, The Mod Squad, and Drunk Kids Gaming are all tied for last place. Still waiting for their first film. Team Game Night is in third place thanks to Dumbo bringing them $53.6 million. Team Movie Party's in second place with $134.2 million. And in first place with $362.2 million, it's Team Have a Drink. Watch your stream team movie draft minute all told as a record as of April 3rd, 2019. Ooh, yeah. So, we had some discussion, <clears throat> this is before news, uh, Man, about... Us has made a lot of money. Us, holy crap, they got great value for that. That... That, that thing... Man, we let that go for seven. Yeah. Yeah, no, they. I think they probably had buy the draft. I feel that. like from now on, if there's another Jordan Peele movie... We're just gonna you just buy it like that's a rule. <laughs> so yeah, with us, they they definitely got by. Some people were saying that our snatch up of Captain Marvel because it came at the end of the draft, we were able to grab it for what felt like pennies on the dollar. And no, I think us was probably the buy the draft. They got it, and that thing is hauling in cash for, compared to what they paid for it. Yeah, but this weekend at the box office is just us. Like not not the not movie the us. Mo- <laughs> It's just, just our team. <laughs> oh, the movie Justice. <laughs> no, because we now have both Captain Marvel movies <laughs> and uh, Pet Cemetery, which looks creepy yeah. AF. Well, I mean, John Lithgow can only do so much. <laughs> but Ugh. it's uh, they're projecting. When everyone's hearing this, you'll already know whatever the totals are. They're projecting uh, around fifty-one million for the weekend for Shazam, which is underperforming from what me and Bob. Thought, <coughs> thought it was going to be when we bought it, <coughs> but uh, Pet Cemetery is outperforming what we expected, and uh, they're expecting twenty twenty one million for the weekend from it. So those just, combined just, with Captain Marvel's continued income, we're still expecting about close to another hundred million for the weekend. Shazam's also getting some some good opening buzz. We had a friend go watch it. I've heard a lot of good reviews from it so far. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's going to draw some more people in there as as time goes by. Because yeah. this is it for us. Like all of our movies, except for Detective Pikachu, are out. And that's going to be a minute, isn't it? Like, yeah, Detective Pikachu's in May. The draft goes until September. Yeah. So we we, we got to really rack it up right here, and then we've got kind of a there, there's kind of a big movie at the end of April that's going to be happening. That's basically going to put a stop. To everything we are making. Mm-hmm. So we've got about three weeks to really rack up some dollars. And, and then we're screwed until Detective Pikachu gives us our Hail Mary. Man, if Detective Pikachu performs like I hope it will, we may have a shot at second. Yeah, we, we'll have a good solid shot at second, I have a feeling here. Number one, I don't think it's going to happen. Like we, we won't hit first. It'll be like uh, this is going to be a repeat of when we got Infinity War. Yeah, and we we, we, we wrote had... it for quite a while, and then there at the end, yeah, we, it just it didn't have the legs to hold yeah. up. I mean, I 
I don't think there's well, there's a lot of Disney movies that's going to make a lot of money, uh, and they're split up between everybody. So we'll we'll see. But I do still feel vindicated with uh, my comments and thoughts towards Dumbo. Because apparently not everyone saw eye to eye with me that, hey, guess what? Tim Burton doing uh, Disney properties in these quasi-CGI real-world things kind of suck and don't make any money. And everyone's like, oh, it's Dumbo. It's going to make a lot of It's like, Dumbo's a nightmare hellscape. I haven't heard good <laughs> things about that. Now, obviously, the live-action version, they've... They've, I think they've gone out of their way not to make it like the original because the original. I if you watch the movies with Mikey, how racist the original was until I was watching a, uh, I think it was like Cinema Sins on YouTube, cutting back everything oh. that was wrong with it. And oh God! Before the crows show up, it's already bad. Go yeah. watch the. It's bad. It's the animation thing is when he talks about it. So, uh, uh, Film Joy movies, mm-hmm. formerly movies with Mikey, he did this whole thing about animation and how it you know changed over the years and shaped us. He does a whole like half hour segment about Dumbo and the train wreck it is, and how awful it is, and it scarred generations of children. Yeah, and so I think that you know the live action again they've gone out of their way not to make it like that. They're trying to play on what people think they remember about that movie, (laughs) like the nostalgia play, and say, "Oh, it's this cute little kids movie," and and it, it looks adorable in the trailers. But I've not heard many good things about it at all. But when keep... was the last time that uh, Colin Farrell was in a mo- it was in a movie that made money? A That's long a good time. Point. In Bruges didn't even make money. It was just a good movie. I'm Is not it... saying he's always been in bad movies. I'm just saying he's been in movies that don't make money. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't. They're not blockbusters. If anything, but, he's been in a lot of awkward things. But Disney had to keep it kind of true to the original to make sure it's going to scar a new generation of kids, so they cast Danny DeVito. Oh. Uh, well, actually, if it's going to scar anybody, you've got um, what's his face as the I think the ringmaster. Um, isn't that Danny DeVito? Michael Keaton. No, Danny DeVito is oh, the ringmaster. Oh, okay. Michael, oh, but Michael Keaton's in it, and like because the it, plot yes. is they're selling Dumbo to some other guy who's supposed to be like uh, P.T. Barnum. Okay, yeah, and that's Keaton. So Keaton is already the bad guy in Spider-Man. <laughs> so he's just a bad guy now. He was Ray true. Kroc. Like he is just an amazing bad guy. But like if you tie those two together in your head as a kid, that, that may you know maybe that messes you with you. You said Spider-Man, and I was thinking of Into the Spider-Verse, and I was like. It's not Michael Keaton. <laughs> we still haven't seen that. But but yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. yeah. To me, that is that is now Spider-Man. But also, we haven't seen Spider-Verse yet, so. <laughs> you know what's also a Homecoming? Untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, Yes. Back to warm embrace of Untapped. Mm. And it's time for Bell's official launch. Look, looks, look, Bells, it looks like you've made it. <laughs> They're making it official. The double dry hopped IPA mm. combines two of the best things they are na- known for. American wheat beers and IPAs. Into something entirely new. Whether you love IPAs or wheat beers, this year-round offering has something for both. Incredibly drinkable? This is how Bell- Bells does a hi- hazy IPA. A refined beer for those who love hops... 
and for those who prefer wheat beers, go ahead and make it official. Uh, earn Bell's official launch uh, 2019 and check into one Bell's official between April 2nd and May 2nd. And all I can think of now is it seems like New Belgium who didn't understand the hazy idea. Yeah, they're like, let's make yeah. it a wheat beer and that'll give us the, you know, the holding look of this foggy beer. But it, people aren't buying it necessarily for the look. They're buying it for the taste. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. But, I mean, maybe it's a good beer. I can't judge it till I've had it. So At least they're being True. upfront with this. They're yes. not calling it a New England IPA. They're they're just saying, hey, this is a wheat IPA. It's double-dropped hazy IPA, and the haze comes from the fact that it's a wheat beer. Hazy seems like the way to get away with... Maybe it's uh, New England, and maybe it's not. <laughs> you know, you know who I know is going to check into this beer. Hmm. Casey. No. <laughs> ah, Casey's not going to check into it. I know. I was going Jim the other will. way. You were going for Jim, who? Yeah, no, he's definitely going to. Yeah, I was going for Casey, who? Nope. <laughs> well, I know what beer I'm going to check into because I really want to try this. This is uh, the new Sierra Vesa. From uh, Sierra Nevada, kind of an aggressive ad campaign. I've seen several of the commercials already. Yeah, but it it makes sense because it's about that time. Like we were yeah. we're a month away now from Cinco de Mayo. Perfect. Um, so sunshine in a can is what this badge is called. Yes, you mean Cinco de Cuatro. <laughs> uh, so Cinco de Cuatro is on a Saturday, guys. We will be. Ooh. Oh, are we going to be having a Cinco de Cuatro festival? <laughs> Probably show. not. I don't know if we'll have enough. Can we all dress up like the Bluths and do? Say so we can't because we'll have we'll be like homeless at that point. Oh, yeah, we'll be living <laughs> with your sister. Yeah. Sorry, you said that though, and I'm just like, oh, wait, no, with this hairstyle, I think I have to be Tobias. Okay, <laughs> I have to go in full blue paint. I just you blew do. myself for the so, first time this... in years. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, anyway, God, those first three seasons are great. Oh, they are. <sighs> So uh, Sierra Vesa is an easy drinking lager that's golden, crisp, and bright. You might even say it's sunshine in a can. If winter's dragging on where you live, Sierra Vesa gives cold weather the blues. And of course, this is now a year-round lineup, part of the year-round lineup, rather, from uh, Sierra Nevada. So if you check into um, a Sierra Vesa between April 3rd and June 3rd, wow, you got a minute, uh, then you got the badge. So, when it says sunshine in a can, which song fits better? The gorillas or, you know, I'm happy, I'm feeling sunshine? glad I got yeah. sunshine mm. in a can. Or, I'm walking on sunshine. I'm walking on sunshine. Come See, on, let's... I actually except, got to steal my sunshine. Walk... <sighs> you, you lose, Brittany, because no one should ever think of that song. Oh, please. No, no, it, it's because that... I started playing it in my head, and I went, "Nope." That's a it, nostalgia. Nope. The eighties wins every time. Walking on the, sunshine. Walking on sunshine, though, makes me think of that Futurama episode. Yeah. with the dog. Yeah. Aww, then nobody wants <laughs> to think I'm about sad. that. Which should have won an Emmy. Oh, it should still win an Emmy. Yeah, just every year they should be able. They not even say the episode by name. Just uh, the episode with Fry's dog. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Uh, All right. Well, for something else, something uplifting. What's the last badge? 
All right. Uh, one, if it, well, it's not really that uplifting because if they had set North Carolina Beer Month for February, we would have gotten every level of this badge at Drinktacular. So this so is, close. yeah, North Carolina Beer Month 2019. Uh, they just say NC. NC Beer Month is back. Spend April showing your enthusiasm for local North Carolina craft beer and earn multiple chances to win one of three North Carolina Beer Month beercations. Revel in the scenic beauty of North Carolina's high country in blowing rock and boon. Experience the exciting revitalization of a historic landmark at Rocky Mount's Brew Mill and head to the coast to explore the brewery boom happening in Wilmington. As you indulge in craft beers from across the state, check in one of the qualifying locations listed here, and it's literally every brewery or major beer bar in the state of North Carolina. (laughs) Uh, to accumulate up three North Carolina beer passport sweepstakes badges, each earning you more opportunities to win one of the three getaways. So the passports and badges are level one. Your fifth check-in gets you one entry. So that's check into five locations, drinking beers, and you get the level one. Level two is 10th. Level three is 15th. (coughs) So I feel like we would have gotten all three levels at just New Belgium. They they did not want us to leave that place sober. They they're hellbent on you not leaving sober. I mean, they if if the badges had been available, I'm sure he would have just been like, "All right, let's just keep going down the down these <laughs> down these barrels here and we'll, let's just keep cracking them." We're at fifth, yeah, I was like, "Hmm. You can get three levels here. Let's get you 15 beers a piece." Well, sir, if you insist... Casey gets to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. You we must got it all on UHF. <laughs> you must visit the NC Beer Month 2019 sweepstakes page <laughs> to enter and track your progress throughout the month of April. Each NC Beer Month beercation includes, but is not limited to, behind-the-scenes brewery experience, two nights of lodging accommodations, and gift certificates for excursions, food, and fun. All right, yeah, it would have been nice to get. But that said, I we went the time we went for a reason. It costs so much more to go down there during times like this. Oh yeah, April like when you start in the spring, forget it. Like the prices have already doubled, and if you wait until like full on summer, it's going to have tripled in the prices as of when we went. We were in complete off season. Mm-hmm. I that said. I still think back to that to that New Belgium tour. Oh, glorious. <laughs> you know what else is glorious? Our topic. Japanese tea? Is it Japanese tea? Been on that truck. Seeking for our stairs. Been on that truck. Been on that truck. We're not that drunk. Not on this one, we aren't. Well, um, I don't think we're drinking a style. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. All right. Well, we are talking about the Japanese tea ceremony today. Uh, the Japanese tea ceremony is also called the Way of Tea. It's a Japanese cultural activity involving the ceremonial preparation and presentation of matcha, or mm-hmm. powdered green tea. Matcha. <laughs> Wah. <laughs> matcha. Uh, you're yeah, you're welcome. Every time you have a matcha, a matcha tea, you're just going to hear it in the back of your head now. Yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah, I have the matcha. Oh, here you go. Start taking a sip. Wow. <laughs> matcha. 
they're in it. Yeah. Well, Zen Buddhism. Uh, let's go from ACDC to Zen Buddhism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was primary influence in the development of Japanese tea ceremony. Much less commonly, Japanese tea ceremony uses leaf tea, primary sencha, which, uh, uh, which case it is known, uh, it is known in Japanese as. Senchado? Sh- I said, let's give this a shot. Senchado? Sure. The way of sencha. As opposed to chanyo or chaido. Which is what it's known as otherwise, if it's just matcha tea. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I think I accidentally took out the clarification on that one. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just trying to figure, I was like, okay. I wasn't sure I was following it, but it may have just been that I've been drinking. Oh. So, mm. uh, The first documented evidence of tea in Japan dates to the 9th century, when it was taken by a Buddhist monk, uh, Icho, uh, it, on his return from China. Uh, the entry in the Nihon Kyo, uh, uh, sorry, the Nihon Koki states that uh, Ichu personally prepared and served sencha, gra- uh, unground Japanese tea, green tea, to Emperor Saga, who was on an excursion to uh, excursion in Karatsuki. Karasaki. More... Karasaki, sorry. I was like, that went Russian, and I couldn't correct it <laughs> in my head in time. I have been doing some like hardcore history, uh, re-listening stuff, and I've been listening to talk about nuclear proliferation, hmm. and it's there's a lot of Russia. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. In Karasaki, which is in the present uh, Shiga prefecture, in the year 1815. Uh, sorry, 815. Yeah. Uh, it way was back. Practiced, <laughs> yeah. The way back. Uh, it was practiced in Jap- uh, by Japanese nobles uh, and by imperial order in uh, 816. Tea plantations began to cultivate in the uh, Ginki region of Japan. However, the interest in tea in Japan faded after this. So while the tea ceremony is meant to encourage spiritual contemplation, early on it became uh, immersed with the with very earthly displays of power. Because doesn't yeah. everything at a certain point? Pretty much. Yeah. Japan's fifth century aristocrats and other elites uh, adopted. 15th, sorry. Fifteenth, sorry. Fifteenth uh, century aristocrats uh, and other elites adopted the esoteric practice. Uh, holding tea parties during which they would also display rare Chinese objects to convey power and wealth. Uh, according to uh, Kristen Sorak, the professor of Japanese politics uh, and author of Making Tea, Making Japan, the tea ceremony is full of contradictions. It is a Zen-like uh, renunciation of the material world and simultaneously a place where expensive tea wares uh, convey affluence. Which, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how it always strikes me. It's like, oh, this is a very spiritual thing. Look how impressive everything I have here is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must, must do everything very slowly and deliberately to make you wait for the tea to actually be brought to you. Uh, well, it's intended to be a place of equality, but it serves to reinforce power and hierarchies. Uh, although each preparation is meant to be unique, the ritual is the same thing over and over. Yeah. Well, it's a ritual. Once it becomes a ritual, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing over and over. Uh, over the years, the ceremony took on a political dimension, uh, an aspect that became, that became pronounced in the late 16th century during the tumultuous time of civil war, leading to two generals, uh, Oda, uh, Oda Nobunaga and uh, Tio, uh, Tio, yeah. Toyotami? Toyotami, that sounds right, yeah. Toyotami uh, Hideyoshi unified much of Japan. 
uh, both used tea ceremonies as a political tool in this process. They awarded tea wares for victories on the battlefield, and the tea room was used as a space for liaising and, and negotiations. Uh, tea masters, men who over the years mastered the intricate choreography of preparing and serving the tea, wielded great influence. Uh, Sen Ryuku, uh, sorry, Ryu, Ryuku, uh, sure, why not? Uh, was favored uh, a favorite tea master, master of uh, Nobunaga, and later became the second most influential man under Hideyoshi's rule. Tea continued to be steeped in politics, and by the end of the 17th century, elite warriors were expected to be adept in all aspects of the tea ceremony. The ceremony maintained its prominence in Japan when it was opened up to the West in the 1850s. Yeah, uh, there's a period kind of af like just after uh, the, the warring period where they're like, well, we have all these samurais. What will we make them do? Because we don't want anyone fighting anymore. <laughs> oh, well, make them right and do bureaucratic work that's not they need more structure have them make tea and write poetry too just anything to keep them busy yeah we have an entire class dedicated to fighting and we have to keep them distracted <laughs> look they only do one thing good uh but yeah the uh all of a sudden commodore perry yeah uh, admiral perry comes in ruins everything <laughs> Uh, this continued uh, uh, the opening up in the West, uh, continued the rise of capitalism in Japan in the early 20th century. Businessmen became the new rulers of the country, and they used the tea ceremonies much like the elites and warriors had before them. Tea is still a way to network and display power and paradoxically convey humility. Uh, during the same period, the tea ceremony shifted from being a predominantly male practice to one aimed towards women. Beginning the latter half of the 19th century, under the rule of Emperor Magi, uh, the tea was introduced in many schools as part of the etiquette training for women, as the manners gained uh, gained were considerable value on the marriage market. Uh, the inclusion of women in the uh, in their customer base was not only financially advantageous for tea masters; it also reinforced their status and prestige within society, because now the other half of the population decided you were worthwhile too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, once instrumental in times of war, the tea ceremony was also integral in Japan's uh, redefining itself as a peaceful culture following the end of World War II. It became a type of uh, sogu bunka, or cultural synthesis for the country's traditions. It combi combined politics, culture, and tea is still evident in the contemporary Japan. Uh, even the country's cultural ambassador to the United States, uh, Sen Genshitsu. Oh, to the United Nations. United Nations, sorry. What different things all <laughs> uh it is uh he is also a tea master although matcha the japanese green tea at the heart of the tea ritual is gaining popularity international surak believes uh the person the uh professor of yeah. japanese studies and all that uh believes that it is unlikely the tea ceremony itself will become diluted like other globalization exports Japanese tea ceremony was developed as a transformative practice. It began to uh, evolve its own aesthetic, in particular that of sabi and wabi principles. Uh, see, wabi sabi. Uh, wabi represents the inner or spiritual uh, experiences of human life. Its original meaning indicate a quiet, sober refinement or subdued taste characterized by humility, restraint, simplicity, naturalism, profoundity, imperfection, and asymmetry, uh, and emphasize simple, unadorned objects in uh, architectural space, and celebrates the mellow beauty that time and care imparts to materials. 
Sabi, on the other hand, represents outer or material side of life. Originally, it meant worn, weathered, or decayed. Uh, particularly among the nobility, the understanding of emptiness was considered the most effective means to spiritual awakening. While imp- uh, embracing imperfection was an honored as a healthy reminder to cherish our unpolished selves uh, here and now, just as we are, it's the first step to satori, or enlightenment. Via Nihilus, Lebowski, we believe in nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the actual ceremony a little bit. Uh, bear with me as my voice is better than last week, but not back to 100%. Hmm. Today, the tea ceremony is practiced as a hobby, and there are places where tourists can experience it as well. Tea ceremonies of varying degrees of formality and authenticity are offered by many organizations across Japan, including at some traditional gardens, culture centers, and hotels. Kyoto, I would like I would like to make the most unauthentic tea ceremony. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. To take this Lipton bag and dip it into the tea. Jeez. I was going to say the most unauthentic would just have to be going to a McDonald's, Hardee's, or Lee's and buying a big jug of iced sweet tea. That hurts. <laughs> no, no, they serve it cold in, in our country. <gasps> but uh, Kyoto and... Uji? Uji are among the best destinations in the country to enjoy Japan's tea culture. If you, want, if you want to attend one of these ceremonies, keep in mind to avoid gaudy fashion and fragrance that distract from the tea experience. So basically, go like you're attending a beer tasting. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to... Because I'm sure the aroma is part of it. and just like How a... is gaudy fashion going to distract from your sampling of the tea? Well... Okay, you got know. me there. Unless, visual distraction. Unless you're like Lady Gaga in a meat suit. <laughs> I mean... Well, wear modest clothes, remove jewelry that may dangle or damage <clears throat> the tea equipment, and avoid strong perfumes. Well, what, kind of jewelry's, <laughs> what kind of jewelry is going to be damaging the tea equipment? I mean, they they use mm. like, like sometimes big... like uh, uh, more... <clears throat> Uh, they the do. type of cups they use can be kind of like sensitive. You don't want to like have like you yeah. Know, yeah. You know, I know some like the big necklaces sh- or something. Some used uh, like non glazed clay cups and things. So I could see yeah, if you have like a gigantic yeah jagged stone that it could like you know cut big gashes in the like maybe. a lot of the fashion jewelry and stuff. <clears throat> you just have to watch. I think. All right. Well, the traditional tea ceremony venue is surrounded by a garden. Although many modern venues lack a garden, the garden is deliberately kept tranquil and simple to encourage a calm spirit. <clears throat> Flowers with gaudy colors or deep scents are avoided as they are a distraction. Stones of varying shapes and sizes make up the path that leads to the tea house. A stone lantern is placed close to a stone basin near the entrance where the visitors wash their hands before entering the tea room. And it's hitting me, all this stuff that we saw when we were in Portland, (laughs) up at the Japanese tea gardens. Hmm, I wonder, (laughs) because they have a big tea house out in the middle of the gardens. Which we didn't get to go inside and do anything with, and I was like, why can't I have tea? (laughs) Yeah, if you live on the West Coast and can get to Portland or are in Portland, they do host tea ceremonies there. Mm Mm-hmm. And that would have been lovely for us to have attended while we were uh, there, yeah. but they weren't doing any. But we did go get some awesome sushi after that. 
<clears throat> Sushi. You need to arrive a little before your reserved time to wait in the waiting room. Usually, <clears throat> usually, oh, sorry. Usually, uh, to Tommy Matt <clears throat> room with an alcove displaying a traditional hanging scroll. The guests are served a hot cup of kombu tea or roasted barley tea to enjoy while they wait for the other guests to arrive. The tea ceremony is usually done in small groups of about four or five people. Well, that is a lot smaller than I would expect. I know. I was thinking like ten or so, you know, at least. I mean, the pots aren't very large. <laughs> true, mm. true. Uh, the next step is to proceed to the... Sukubai? Sukubai or stone basin to ritually purify your body and soul and spiritually prepare for the ceremony. See, when they say this, I feel very much like I couldn't do one. As it like I'm so <laughs> undeserving. My soul is so uncleanable. <laughs> my body nearly, but my my soul and spirituality cannot be prepared for this. Hmm. It's, it's like that I would see, like they would say, someone would say this, and I'd be like, I'll just wait at the door. It's okay. Uh, this you is must dumb. Cleanse your, <laughs> you must cleanse your spirit. Nah, it ain't happening. You're going to need, like, an industrial cleaner. You're going to call, you're gonna have to call the Ghostbusters Some on why. this one. Yeah. The, the Ghostbusters are the only ones that can clean cleanse this spirit. Uh, this is done by washing your hands and rinsing your mouth with water in an attempt to symbolically rid yourself of the dust and dirt of the outside world. Once this is complete and the host has signaled that they are ready to receive the guests, you can proceed to the tea house where the ceremony will take place. Remove your shoes, heathens, and enter the tea room through a small door which forces the guests to bow as a sign of respect to the host. Sit and wait. See, I'm picturing when they say a small door, like an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing, like here, like, have a small cracker, you will shrink down. Yeah. <laughs> the doors will get Smaller and smaller, and yeah. eventually everyone's eyes will be buttons, and you'll have crossed into Oh this. my gosh, yeah. Coraline, okay. Uh, sit and wait patiently in the Caesar style sitting on your heels on the tatami. <coughs> After the last guest has taken their place, the host will enter the room and welcome each of the guests. So, I'm picturing for whatever reason... Like, uh, what's the comedian with the confetti? Uh, the like, like fake oh, wig. Um, the, the rip, uh, rip, rip torn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm picturing him <clears throat> or the Barachi coming yeah. in, just very over. Like, like it's like the the host arrives. Hello. <laughs> oh, the tea's ready. Oh, confetti Jeez. everywhere. That big mustache. Yeah, I think we went Paul Lynn with our voice, but yeah, same, same, <laughs> same area. Uh, the host will start the tea ceremony. That's, that's all I'm picturing now. This whole thing. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you're ruining everything. The host will start the tea ceremony by gracefully cleaning the tools, and now I just see him like hitting everything with glitter and confetti. Oh, it's ready. Uh, see, this is why they couldn't take us to one of these, Chris. Yeah, nope. We would be sitting here going. Imagine if this man was ripped torn. No, we, we would be whispering it to ourselves and then cracking the hell up in the corner <laughs> and being smacked and everyone going, shut up. Go wait outside. 
So, uh, gracefully cleaning the tools uh, in from the guests before using them. Next, they will begin preparing the matcha green tea. Usually three scoops, you know, going above and beyond that those two scoops are raisins. Uh, usually three <laughs> scoops of powdered green tea is added to a tea bowl, followed by hot water with the whole lot whisked into a thin paste. Yeah, for those who Let's don't see. know, the matcha tea, um, you usually have to have uh, as this little... I think it's made of bamboo, but um, this little whisking um, utensil, because it's not like picturing a, like a kitchen whisk that you would whisk eggs with. It it looks a little different. There's a pic- uh, isn't there one in if you're watching the video, uh, one that um, taking Casey's spot. Uh, Let me the, try to arrange the thing that looks it. Like the honeycomb thing. <clears throat> no, no, no. Uh, it actually it looks. I gotta look it up. Um, I'll try to find the picture, but. So it it you have but that's traditionally used to mix up the green tea or to matcha tea specifically. See, Chris saying three scoops instead of two scoops of raisins is again evidence that me and him would be in the corner snickering the whole time, like and being slapped two. to shut up. Okay, Jim in the chat three. says that it is made out of bamboo. So yeah, <laughs> a Japanese yeah. sweet is served before tea. And it's supposed to be eaten before the tea is drunk. The host will Half first... How the tea gets to get drunk, but not me. <laughs> Good point. The host will first present the tea bowl to the main guest, followed by the second guest, and so on. When it's your turn, simply receive the bowl, bow to the host, and raise the tea bowl in a gesture of respect to the host. Admire the tea bowl, and then rotate it to avoid drinking from the front. Gently take a sip, remembering to compliment the host of the tea. After taking a few sips, wipe the rim of the bowl clean and then offer it to the next guest. So what's the protocol here if the person uh, who handed you the bowl did not wipe wipe the rim? <clears throat> you hand it back to them and point at the rim and go, uh-uh, you forgot something. Do you, like, dump it into their lap and just, like, flip it up and look at them in a threatening gesture? Like, what, you want to take this outside? I mean, I've been preparing for this my whole life. You get a wet nap and you just do it yourself. <laughs> and look at them very passive aggressively. Just sighing. Just... <sighs> my gosh. This procedure is repeated, uh, the passive aggressiveness, until all the guests <laughs> have had a chance to drink tea from the same bowl. You guys are the worst. <laughs> I like that we're not even at the ceremony, and she's all no, like, no. "I swear to God, we can't. I can't take either of you there." It's like, it's well, like the, this is why we can't have nice things. This is like a conversation <laughs> to prepare about doing this, and she's just like, "Yeah, we. This is why we can't take you nice places." Yeah, just uh, it's like the, just stop talking. <laughs> the last guest passes the tea bowl. When done, back to the host. Uh, see, I see this like the whole time. I'm playing that scene from. Um, 13th warrior in my head where they all wake up and they've just got the big bowl of water and everyone's washing their face and blowing snot in it and gargling it and just passing it around Ew. and he gets antonio yeah. banderas and he just looks at it and he's just like Ugh. And that, that in my head that's what happens like it, it finally comes back to the host and they just look in this tea bowl and they're like Ugh. yeah we already knew i i could not uh i could not do this because there's way too much sharing of saliva already it was literally as I'm typing all this stuff earlier. I'm like, this, this is not in Bob's game. Like, this is not. You got to put some happens. alcohol in there to to cleanse it. Like, get some. I don't know. Did something strong. 
Uh, next, you'll receive an individual bowl of thin tea. This is a more casual part of the ceremony where guests can engage in more conversation with each other. The host will then collect the utensils and clean them in front of the guests. The guests need to inspect the tools used in the ceremony after they have been cleaned as a sign of respect and gratitude to the host. When complete, I feel like that's more as a sign that I don't trust you, host. You're trying to kill me. There's poison on this, isn't there? Here, uh, I've got I finally found the image of the whisk. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I'm just saying that this the the the, the, the inspecting your tools seems more like checking for poison in the same way that people checked wrists, like we <laughs> shake hands to make sure, like no, there's no dagger there. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Well, when complete, the host will gather the tools, signaling the end of the tea ceremony. So there's apparently a second version. The the tea bowl is placed onto the uh, tatami mat in front of you with its front facing you. Pick it up with your right hand and place it on your left palm. With your put right hand. Spout, put the spout in your nose, turn your head, and pour out. It's not a neti pot. <laughs> it's not going to give you superpowers, despite what Daredevil tried to tell you. <laughs> With your right hand, turn it clockwise by about 90 degrees or so, uh, that it <laughs> that its front is not facing you anymore. Drink the tea in a few sips and place it back on the tatami. Bow and express gratitude after receiving and finishing your tea. Towards the end of the ceremony, there will be time to inspect and appreciate the tea bowl by lifting it once uh, finished. Turn the bowl so that the front now faces the host. The host may ask if guests would like another round of tea, and if not, the tea ceremony is over when the host washes the utensils and returns the equipment to where they were before starting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's universal. When when your host starts cleaning crap up, yeah. it's <laughs> time, time to, get, to out. get out. Yeah, time to go home. <laughs> when the lights come on and everyone starts cleaning... That's when it's it's time to go home. That that's the universal signal. Of get the hell out. Yeah. Did the credit kid thing already get brought up? No. <laughs> Surprisingly, there. Uh, credit kid. It, it's been so long since I've watched the whole. Oh, I haven't seen Karate Kid two in even longer time than it's been since I've seen Karate Kid. Since I've seen the first one. Yeah. That's... I, I. I watched it once. It's been a good minute. It's been a decade since I've seen Karate Kid. It's been, it's been two fifteen years seen... probably since I've seen Karate Kid two. Yeah, I was like ten when I watched it. It's been almost two decades. It's been around two decades since I've watched Karate Kid two. Is it Kid even 2. streaming anywhere? Uh, I'm sure it is. There, oh. I remember okay. there being a girl. I I don't remember a tea ceremony that much. What I remember is the the, the toy and like he can't use his arms, so he just slaps him around with him. <laughs> or right. I can't remember if he can use his arms or not. But I remember like the the little like toy where they spin and it's got the little balls on each end that hits the drum. All right. Well, we all need to go watch Karate Kid two to uh, get yeah, to the obviously. Ceremony. Is that the so that's the one where uh, Mr. Miyagi takes him back to the village, right? And then there's like a typhoon or. A hurricane or something, and I genuinely don't remember anything about this. Yeah, one. okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember this. I don't remember that scene, but I remember it. Let's. He I, takes... I was going to say it's the one where uh, when you said that I was like, oh, is it the one where he gets on a ship with George Clooney and they have to survive the perfect storm? <laughs> 
Okay, we're mixing it up. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> Timon or Pumbaa? Um, okay, so there are. Uh, I found on, um, and I want to recommend this site just because they had a lot of stuff on it. Um, it's literally Japanese tea ceremony dot net um, with a hyphen between each word. So um, they talk about different uh, types of ceremony in correlation to uh, the time of year, basically. So um, the first one is the, and I'm I'm just going to apologize ahead of time, uh, Akatsuki no Chaji, uh, which is the dawn tea ceremony in winter. So this is the dawn tea event, and it's held in the early morning of a cold winter day to enjoy the breaking of dawn in the tea room. Uh, I imagine most of this is actually just done by, like, tea masters and students. Um, uh, the second one is the Yutsaro no Chaji, um, the early evening tea ceremony held in the warmer months. So this is the opposite of the first one. Uh, this one you can experience going from daylight to candlelight. Uh, it feels as if the normal world fades away and one is entering into the mystical world of tea. There's a, there is a satyr with a scarf <laughs> and a tea cup in his hand. He goes, welcome to Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the next one is the Asacha. Uh, it's the early morning summer tea ceremony. Um, this is the... No, 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 Brittany. I believe it's pronounced Asacha. <laughs> wow. Okay, you know, I was asking for that. Um uh. So this is the gathering held in the cool morning of the hot summer. So tea ceremonies or just uh, kaiko, the practice for students of tea, in summer are really difficult because the burning coal in the brazier and the hot tea don't really help escaping the soaring (laughs) heat of Japanese summer. Makes sense. You know what would make me feel great right now? Sitting in a room with a fire and tea. So this is why this is held in the cool morning of a hot summer. Uh, the next one is the Shoburu. Um, first use of the portable brazier in the year. So this usually takes place in May. Uh, it's It celebrates the first of the Furo, or the portable brazier, in the new year of tea. Uh, on the modern calendar, it'd be around May. And the Japanese love to do everything officially with lots of ceremonial speeches and gestures. So this also has influenced the tea ceremony. Um, the next one, it doesn't really give a description for it. It just says it's the midday tea ceremony. Um, the Shogu no Chai, I guess. Uh, the next one is the Kuchukiri no Chai. Uh, tea ceremony celebrating the breaking of the seal on a new jar of tea. Um, and this is around November. So, well, I mean, um... You've had, you've had tea in the morning, tea in the evening, and tea at supper time. At this point time to go you're gonna need to break that seal you're full with liquids (laughs) exactly uh so uh tea leaves which are harvested in spring are stored in uh clay jars and and then stored in a cool place uh these days uh they might be stored in or around the tea house or at a cooling cellar long ago this jar with new leaves was stored on in the ground or in the mountains to keep it cool Uh, around november 7th or 8th the new season of tea begins with the row. Uh, it's used for the time indicating the start of the winter season. At this time, uh, to celebrate the beginning of the new season of tea, 
the seal of the jar with a new tea uh, plucked in spring is broken and the new fresh tea is used for the first time. Breaking the seal of the jar called Kuchikiri, uh, it's accompanied by a full tea ceremony or chaji with a meal um, for this new year of tea. The bamboo in the fences and gutters is renewed. The The tatami mats are changed and the shoji or sliding screen doors are newly papered. The tea event, uh, Chaji, in this season of both Kuchikiri and Cairo, uh, opening of the hearth, beginning, begin at noon and continue for about four hours um, with the cuisine, thick tea, and thin tea. Uh, this is the most formal tea event and is also the basic model for the Japanese tea ceremony. So mm. November, kind of when uh, of course all the things happen. Of course it's the most formal because that's when you change the mats. That's when you change out all the uh, the old old busted stuff hmm, yeah. for the new <laughs> newly woven and papered. Makes sense. Let's, let's break this stuff in. <laughs> Got to get all kinds of pretentious. Indeed. By the end, like by this time next year, you're just like, oh, whatever, screw it. Not until we change the mats. Anyway, uh, the next one is the uh, Nagori no Chaji uh, tea ceremony honoring the last remains of the year's supply of tea. And it sees out the warm months before winter sets in. Uh, and this takes place around October. Um, so, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and bet Chaji has something to do with the word tea. Yeah, I have to imagine so. Yeah. One imagines. Um, so in October, at the end of the autumn season, when there's only a little tea left in the jar opening during the Kuchikiri ceremony, we feel the sadness from parting uh, with this tea. And it's also the time of nature's seasonal decline Letting go of the old in anticipation of the new. It's also some old ass tea by that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> nope. Toss that. Uh, the Sell next one. date was like last month. Jeez. Oh, the uh, Yobonashi uh, is the winter evening tea ceremony. This ceremony follows the Kuchikiri tea ceremony and is to celebrate the long winter night. Uh, Yobanashi starts therefore in the evening to enjoy a tea ceremony at night in a dark tea room with candlelight. Usually there are some candles or lanterns in the garden for this as well. See, I thought this was going to be some sort of unwinnable tea scenario, but that's the Kobayashi Gachi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the final one. <laughs> the final one is the uh, Hatsugama. It's the boiling of the first kettle. So uh, this meeting is seen as something very special. Hatsugama is the only time when the tea teacher, uh, him or herself, prepares tea for all the students. In most cases, this tea ceremony is a complete chaji meeting with the uh, kaiseki meal. Um, So the whole ritual is done the way it was learned during classes. It's impossible to teach the whole chaji at once. Therefore, it's always broken up into practicing how to prepare Usacha, koicha, and arranging the charcoal in the uh, sumidime. Sumidime? I don't know. Uh, only this time will uh, the ri- the whole ritual be performed by the teacher with some help from the students. Uh, it's an opportunity to meet all the other students who uh, may be studying on different days, and, and for the teacher to point out some of the details about how the flow of uh, the full chaji meeting. Typical for I, these. I'm- misread as you were like, as I was reading along with this and I thought it says also the time for the teacher to pour one out for his homie and I went <laughs> nope 
not what that says at all. <laughs> See him cracking 40s in the back and dumping them into the garden. We're <laughs> oh, all my dead homies. Uh, so typical for this meeting is the uh, festive mood, exquisite cuisine, and the curved braided willow branches hung in the alcove. So uh, despite if- all the fun jokes and whatnot in this episode it's supposed to be like modern day it's like a very like peaceful you know serene kind of um sacred ceremony involving this tea i am not saying it shouldn't be and i'm not saying that's not a correct way to enjoy i'm just saying that me and chris would be those terrible two kids in the yeah no this was if you if you ever get a chance to go do one of these ceremonies this is literally everything me and Bob would be doing and thinking and saying to each other, snickering loudly in the back, annoying everyone. So you guys can't be taken to sacred events. Got it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, weddings, funerals. Yeah, we're pretty much we're, we're pretty terrible. You guys are you guys are reminding me a lot of um, was it the Teen Titans go to the movies uh, when uh, like they just. Robin kind of like was like, oh my god, I can't take these guys anywhere, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that. Wait, does that make us like uh, uh, Beast, Beast Boy, Boy and, and Cyborg? Cyborg? Yeah, yes. So. You yeah, guys are Beast Boy and Cyborg. Know which one is which in this scenario, too? <laughs> does that make me Raven? Uh, Raven or Robin? Mm. I guess in the scenario, whichever one is the straight man for the. That's Robin. <laughs> Great. At least in this particular scenario. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought all this stuff was really interesting. And I, I actually I, want to go to one I one day. I did but I can't take anything seriously. I have to make a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, I'm, it does seem like a, it's, it has a lot of cool, interesting history about it. And it's a lot of, it's a long thing. The problem is, I just know I would make jokes. I, oh, I, yeah. I, because uh, I've met you but, too, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is it, it is a very uh, it's it's a big cultural thing, so it's it's very interesting. We've been talking about trying to do this episode for for a while, ever. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I'm sure there's much more to this. Like this is really the basics. Um, but I thought like I found four sources, four completely different sources on it that I thought like I, I actually got some decent information from. Um, for for you know an overview essentially, um, I would li- I'd really like to go to one of these one day. Um, I like matcha. Actually, matcha tea is like one of the best things for you to drink. They've got tons of. I mean, green tea is already good for you anyway, but matcha is like there's just tons of health benefits. Um, uh, the the only time I see matcha is when you guys are trying to get me to eat Kit Kats that are abominations <laughs> and everything that is wrong with the world. The white chocolate uh, matcha green tea flavored Kit Kats. Those are pretty good. They're delicious, actually. Look, I'm just saying that that Kit Kats should only be chocolate and a wafer. I don't. I don't know. The orange and cream ones were pretty good too. Kit Kats mm. should only be. <laughs> oh, matcha ice cream is supposed to be good. If you that is that is. I have had that. Okay. I, I'm, um, that, what's, what's really good is if you get um, the Moshi ice cream, which is, uh, and they have a matcha flavor of it too, but Moshi is, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a rice dough covered covering the ice cream. Yes. It's everywhere now. Um, but they have a green tea flavor that is so good. Uh, yeah. 
they have i think they even have it at our kroger now <laughs> um but yeah if you can find that i would i would jump on that that's a good way to try some matcha too uh, otherwise uh starbucks has a green tea latte and they make it with matcha so there's that all right well <laughs> all right well think uh it, think about it yes uh we are not really drinking to style so loosely <laughs> let's loosely. let's kind of get into uh what we are drinking that isn't tea drink with me friend there's tea involved kind of yeah on ours i mean not for me yeah yeah like this is the one of the first there, ones there, in a while you're just tea like nope. involved again in the brewing process you do have a tea the the last the last few episodes I have not been able to go to style. This time I was like, all I've got is some Earl Grey tea that's yeah not expired. Oh, I can have tea later. Well, I will say <laughs> while I was sick and I had no voice trying to foster my voice back, I was drinking a crap ton of medicine balls from Starbucks, and so much so that the Starbucks uh, down the road ran out of uh, one of the teas, and I had replaced it with Earl Grey. And it let's just—it was delicious because a medicine ball is like half of a steamed lemonade mixed with two different teas. Mm-hmm. And when you swapped one of those teas with an Earl Grey, most people would like to do a little lemon with their Earl Grey. So it was just, mwah. yeah, it was basically you know bergamot and <laughs> uh, lemonade essentially steamed, soothing on the throat. Indeed. But what are we actually drinking right now? I'll let so you what we are it. drinking is not soothing on the throat, and it has caused <laughs> me to keep coughing. So we are drinking the Crown of Divination from Burial Beer Company. This is a chai imperial stout. It's an imperial milk stout. So kind of related mm. to tea because chai. 10% ABV, uh, 30 IBUs, a righteous crusade upon the pathway. Uh, divined by the hand of the supernatural, we crafted this prophecy with the help of Raleigh's makers, concocted with Trophy Brewing Company, mashed with spelt from bulleted bread, brewed with a heaping blend. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) My coughing. (coughs) Here, I'll I'll finish it off if you want. Brewed with a heaping blend of... Cylon and Assam black teas from Tin Roof Teas. Aged upon green cardamom, fennel seed, nutmeg, cinnamon, and black peppercorn from Patel Brothers. Local ginger sourced from growers by Farmers Collective. Uh, they have a... <laughs> that, that went from like hardcore like prophecy to like uh, a local co-op commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do prophecy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brewers. No, no, no! I admit, like U.S. switched off at the right spot for that too, because it. it the, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, The read itself is that the listing of all these like weird, yeah. Brewers Association score, uh, or beer, Bre- beer advocates. advocates. Yeah. I see BA. I think Brewers Association <laughs> beer advocate score four point one five out of five. Not bad. I really like it. The the chai, like the whole thing, reminds me not quite as good, but very close to that chai dragon's milk. Hmm. I nope. <laughs> Not, I'm not getting that at all. Really? Um, so you know, like, you know that that candy stuff that they make candy apples with, no. like the the red, the bright red, like candy flavor stuff. Not at all. Okay. Uh, You've seen vaguely. candied apples for crying out loud. Not caramel apples, but candied apples. Mm-hmm. Whatever, guys. Okay. I've never seen actual candied apples. Okay. Well, that's that that red candy flavor. 
no, not quite Jolly Rancher. Did, uh, I didn't have I didn't have festivals for apples where I fair where yes. I grew up. We we just had to sit there and suffer with colors. It was the most the most we could do to amuse ourselves. Look, our our festival was about Jenny Wiley, so all we did was kidnap a handful of girls and beat them and drag them through the woods. Not weird. So I had the apple thing. Anyway, my my whole point here is the, to the me... The story of Ginny Wiley, sorry, not to anyone. Here. I'm just saying, you have to provide context. No one knows what you're talking about. Uh, to me, the beer tasted like if someone put that candied uh, flavor stuff that's usually on candied apples on bacon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what that can- tasted like. Candy apple bacon. Yes. No, I don't get that at all. Without the apple, although it's just it's that yeah, really, really, really sweet candied flavor. I don't want to say candied bacon because it's almost a different thing entirely. But yeah. um, but it's that that like sugary, you know, candied apple stuff mm-hmm. on bacon. Like that is what I get from that. I get no bacon. It's like really sweet. There's sweet. There's chai. I don't get chai. I'm not tasting it. Chi- it's kind of you hooey. Oh, I'm not getting that at all either. I'm not getting any chocolate. Man, I want a Yoo-Hoo. It's very upsetting, this one. I, I'm not... I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It's uh, too sweet. Weird. Viking was asking, like a Jolly Rancher. No, not quite... Because that's more of a tart kind of taste. It's... Mm. I don't know. No one knows what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. No, no one here knows what you're talking about. No one in the chat knows what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, but that's different to, than I'm going to throw no something one. at him. Um... <laughs> Sorry, this reminds me of a DTNS episode. They, apparently, they have a, a a constant back and forth on like the Good Day Internet portion of DTNS, where uh, like the pre-show and whatever, where Sarah makes a joke about like just how we should abolish the metric system, and then Tom has to go back and like it's a, it's like a back and forth, and uh, one of the ones where Scott was on there, and he was like, um, shoot, they're like, well, how many you know feet are in whatever number of kilometers the metric system or the english imperial no she says metric okay and uh they're like well how many feet are in a in a whatever kilometers and she's like no one knows (laughs) it's like (laughs) no one no one has any idea this is unknowable information (laughs) okay that's fine that's where we're at right now with all the candied stuff but yeah that's i I thought it tasted weird and way way too sweet for me so Mm. and not like chai at all i was very sad all right. Well, we are of two minds. Yes. And uh, I don't have it, so I can't. I can't break the tie. Yes, I know. Uh, I would find it funny though if I had tried it and was like, "No, I got something entirely different." <laughs> That's what I want to happen so badly. It tastes like kumquats. <laughs> I got coconut. <laughs> like this is a slight hint of honeyed fig. <laughs> well, no, I, I did not have that. Uh, what I instead had. Uh, was uh, some Rubus Cacao from mm. Mad Tree Brewing. So good. I like the reaction from both of you. <laughs> mm. It's the only thing with raspberries that I actually like. Uh, this is a, it's a stout. It's a 7% uh, ABV. Um, you know, uh, don't have the IBUs up in front of me. I didn't see it on the can. It can't be a lot. Uh, it can't be a lot. I mean, it's a stout. Yeah. Uh, but its uh, beer advocate score is 4.01 out of 5. And I have been really enjoying this tonight uh it's uh the, the way i would describe a lot of the flavors in there is subtle it doesn't hit you over the head with a lot of anything mm-hmm. uh but 
it's got like a the the one of the more stronger things you get like a you get raspberry, but it doesn't feel fake. Yeah, uh, and it's very subtle. Yeah, which is probably why I can tolerate it. <laughs> but I'm getting like like some Ooh. I feel like some like vanilla characters, like some a lot of it. that feels like it's all just coming out from uh from the barrel, but mm. it, uh, not the barrel, but the the the, the malt bill. Yeah, uh, but it's. It's got all these nice, nice flavors. Also, like it's just a nice dark malt that's made from it, and it's oh, I remember it being pretty chocolatey, like a good. It is, it is chocolatey, but like a like, like a, chocolate a cocoa, malt, not a yeah, yeah, not a chocolate, uh, not a chocolate bar. There's not like melted Hershey's or something, right, either. right, right. Yeah, the malt uh, is probably the best way to put it. But yeah, no, uh, I've I've been just slowly enjoying this this t- uh, today, and it's been it's been just. Jim, just fine and dandy. In the chat, Jim letting us know there is barrel-aged Rubus cacao I, currently available. Having I, had this, I need that in my life. Yeah, like I'd be about that. That's fine. Uh, All right. Well, um, I think that that ends it. Uh, I, I'm still excited about the tea ceremony. I am sad about this beer, although happy I tried it. I, I've had other like stronger chocolatey things from Burial that I liked. It's not chocolate. There's no nowhere did they say chocolate. I think I hear stout and I want to say chocolate all the time. No, yeah, they never said chocolate. They I know, didn't. I know. I'm I not trying chocolate. to give you chocolate. You're, you're. I want chocolate. I said <laughs> it pours like chocolate milk. Oh, it does. Yes, that's true. The pour lo- was nice. Yeah, it looks like chocolate milk as you pour it out of the can. It was a very malty pour. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brittany's excited about the the tea ceremony. She just knows she can't take me and Chris. Fact. It would be you know what? It would be me and Casey going to the tea ceremony. <laughs> no, it would be all four of us. But you would have to separate me and Chris. Mm, you yeah. have to put us like each one, and even then, we're still like leaning back to try to reach the other one. George is making <laughs> eye contact and nodding and knowing exactly what the other one's thinking. Uh, uh, well. If you want to know more about what we're thinking, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. And you can follow us on uh, Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. You can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Or you can use the feedback page on the website. Uh, or smoke signals, uh, carrier pigeons. I haven't had a carrier pigeon in a while. No. So. If you are um, appalled by our <laughs> horrible pronunciation... Of, uh, yeah, we're sorry. Many uh, of, of these... everything Japanese. Yes. Uh, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, I would like to learn how to do better. But just, I, just yeah. no, we didn't. Do, we did it out of ignorance, not out of dismissiveness. We just, yeah. While we were being snide and snarky and making jokes, a lot of this, we were not purposely trying to mispronounce anything. No, I think our Japanese is probably better than our German. That's for sure. And I've had like three years of German, which is <laughs> awful. But all joking and fun aside, uh, guys, I like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Even if you're drinking tea, drink your tea responsibly. Yes, there, there could be a lot of caffeine sometimes. You know, don't get crazy. Uh, so, uh, check us out again next Saturday uh, for a live one. And remember to check out, of course, patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>